Testing, testing. <laughs> yeah, we hear you. How's everybody doing out there? Good. Doing well. We should usually have some intro music and we'll get that uh, going for season two, but uh, we start at 6.05, give folks a second to check in, get ready, figure out the download if they're new to the equipment. Give me the app. In the meantime, let's see who we got in the room so far. My brother, Anthony Sharp. I'm here. What's up, what's up? What's up, sirs? <laughs> we have, we also have Ashley. Hey. How y'all doing? I'm not sure if y'all can hear me. We hear you. Can hear you clearly. All right. Y'all doing okay? Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Good to hear from you, Ashley. I, I'm glad y'all invited me. I'm looking forward to getting a lot of advice and good information from this. Perfect, perfect. We're starting in about two, three minutes. Let's see, we got all the links posted, checking all the message box, make the one nobody left out. I know. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you, Chris. All right, cool. That's when you do your drop. You know, we just did your guest intro. You come in and let us know what album you're working on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> hey. Hey, she's 60 in the house. Starting in one minute. Our video, not on. What's up, Quincy? What up, Playboy? Tanisha. You ready to be? Tanisha's over here. You know, She's over here. Why can't she? She sure is. You know what that means? Like it's go time. Hey, tea and coffee—they both go together. <laughs> I'm like, what is that pot noise? Somebody getting ready, yo. So, my name is Jamin Butler. Appreciate everybody joining us tonight. I'm uh, one of the five co-founders of the Black Coffee Company. Uh, the Black Coffee Company was founded in 2018. Uh, it was actually a vehicle that our brokerage. Our first business enterprise, uh, Backpack Investments, which we start, launched in 2015. Uh, we're just a band of brothers that have been working together for a long time and realized that we wanted to share the information and experiences and the networks that we have cultivated with the people who were near and dear to us and, and, the, and others. Folks could, could all be empowered by the information that we were gathering and the thing, experiences that we were having. Um, so we launched the Black Coffee Company in 2018 as a vehicle that we just want to see if we sell you know, coffee beans with people uh you know support us a uh, little low uh, lo and behold it was a hit uh two years later uh we're right now we're on track to have our best quarter ever 
um, in terms of sales uh, is and after we had our best first quarter ever. Um, so just thankful for all of you guys support us for those who empower us to do this. Uh, today we're having uh, the eighth installment of our community conversation series. Uh, this is a series of conversations where we come together to share this knowledge and information that we've gathered so that folks can be empowered, so they can empower us. Uh, I, won't, I won't lie, this is a little bit of selfishness in this. We want to learn from you guys. With all that said, uh, I'm going to bring in my uh, my partners, uh, starting with, I think it's Brandon. Hey, everybody. I uh, just want to kind of go over the agenda. Um, like always, we'll have house rules and, uh, and a couple of friendly, friendly reminders. Um, just after the agenda and friendly reminders, we'll go over um, introductions and you just say your name, your location, and what you plan to do with your stimulus check if you are, in fact, getting a stimulus check. Uh, we'll go over discussion goals and topics uh, for a little bit of time, and then we'll end the call with some action items. We'll have speakers and things like that in between, some action items, and then we'll talk about the next call. Um, <clears throat> So we'll just get into the house rules. Please remember to be kind, be brave. This is a platform we put together, um, a, a webinar so that you can be interactive, talk, ask questions. No question is a dumb question. Just be out there, put yourself out there and be you. So Leonard Lightfoot here, um, also one of the co-founders. So in terms of friendly reminders, you just want to remind everybody that the webinar is being recorded. And like Brandon mentioned, please, please ask questions. Um, that's why we built this platform for us to exchange dialogue and share ideas and resources. And you can't do those things if you don't ask questions. Um, also, please keep your line on mute when, not, when you're not talking. And if you're dialing in from the phone, uh, you got to press star six to unmute and mute yourself. We do not sell or endorse any financial products. This is strictly informational. And we always encourage everybody to do their own research. Next up, I believe it's Mr. Gino Jones. Hey, good evening, everyone. Um, we're just going to go over quickly um, introductions of everyone who's on the call. Uh, just state your name, your location, and uh, if you're getting a stimulus check, what are you planning on doing with it? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, Gino Jones, uh, currently residing in Los Angeles, California. And with the stimulus, uh, I plan on doing some more investing and also contributing to uh, the Black Coffee Company as well. Donations. So we're going to go to Angela. Angela, are you there? Hey, y'all. I'm here. Um, I am Angela Ayu. I am in uh, PG County, Maryland. And let's see, the stimulus check is going straight into savings. It will just pad the emergency fund. Just praise God, I'm working like normal. That's good. That's good. Okay, so next we're going to have uh, Anthony Sharp. Good evening, everyone. Name is Anthony Sharp, residing in Los Angeles, California. Plans for the stimulus, the savings, and paying off IRS debt. Thank you, thank you. Uh, next we have Mr. Anthony Stewart. Hey everybody, Anthony Stewart here, uh, Montgomery, Alabama. And uh, I actually plan on uh, investing in 
uh, cell phone towers since they're now increasing their bandwidth uh, for obvious reasons. And one in particular that you may want to pay attention to is called uh, Equinix, uh, E-Q-I-X is the ticker symbol. And uh, I'm probably gonna put a lot of money into it. And uh, Robinhood allows me to do fractional shares. So that's what I'm gonna do. Thank you, Anthony. And next we have Ashley. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Ashley. I live in New Orleans, Louisiana. I plan on using this for three ways. One, to invest in my business. Number two, now that I'm finally back in school, to um, just help pay for tuition and also just to put into savings. Perfect. Thank you, Ashley. Uh, Brandon Weber, you up. Taking it off, off mute, Brandon Weber. Uh, I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I, I have no plans for the stimulus, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how that's all going to work. So if it comes, it comes. Obviously, you know, one of the things I would do would be to uh, invest and, and use it in some kind of way that's going to produce some additional revenue. Perfect. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, we're going to go to actually Humanity 365. You up? Peace and love, family. I'm Cedrica. I'm Shantis. And we're in Atlanta, Georgia, and we are not receiving a stimulus check. So, no planes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. And then next, we'll have Mr. Isaac Square. All right, hey guys, uh, I declare. Uh, let's see, currently in the city of brotherly love, uh, if I ever get the stimulus check, uh, I'm sure I'll figure out something to do with it. But I'm just happy to also still be working like normal. Thank you, Isaac. And next we have Jerome. Uh, Jerome Wiley from Los Angeles, California. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get a stimulus check, but if I do, I'll put it in my tax lien account. Sweet. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, next, we have Mr. Quincy Freeman. Uh, I'm Quincy Freeman. I'm in Los Angeles, and I'm not uh, eligible for a stimulus check, so I don't have any plans for it. Thank you, Quincy. And next we have Sean Harness. Yo, what's up, guys? I'm not sure if you can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, it's perfect. Okay. Hey man, I just got on the call. I just saw the link come through. But no, I'm um I am not gonna get a stimulus check. I may get some funding uh for for my business. Um, but if I were, what I would do is continue to to get uh brand assets for um, my business, digital brand assets. That's what I would do with the money. All right, perfect. Thank you, thank you. Um, next we have Ms. Shannon, are you there? Yes, hi guys, um, I'm Shannon Stone. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I plan on putting my stimulus check in savings for emergency fund. Thank you, Shannon. And then next we'll have Miss Tanisha. 
Hi, everybody. This is Tanisha Lightfoot. I am in Falls Church, Virginia. Um, if I get a stimulus check, I guess we'll probably just try to reinvest it in the family. We have some little people that are quite expensive. So, Thank you, Tanisha. And next we have TJ. Hey, blessings, everybody. Uh, TJ from Los Angeles. TJ Johnson from Los Angeles. Um, I apologize. I'm not uh, not my camera going. Um, but if I get the stimulus check, most likely just use the pay down debt. Um, that's, that's, that's if I get it. So we'll see. All right. Thank you, TJ. And Vonnie, are you there? There you go. Hi, everybody. I'm LaVon Gaffin. I'm in D.C. Um, I'm not eligible. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely not eligible. But if I could, um, I just saw a promotion on TV about um, uh, Marcus has a seven month CD at 1.7. I'd put it in there because it has a um, no penalty uh, withdrawal, early withdrawal. So I think it'd be a nice way to get a little money that way. What was the, uh, the company you were saying? Of? It's, it's the Marcus Savings Account. What is I can't think of the name of the actual bank. It's Goldman's Tax. Yeah, Sachs. Sachs. I couldn't yeah. think of the first part. I was like, Sachs. I was like, that's Sachs Fifth Avenue. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's it's literally the best savings account in the nation. Yeah, they are they're they keep promoting their um their new um savings account or city account at it's either one six or one seven um for seven months with no uh penalty early withdrawal. You can withdraw with even seven days after depositing the money. So um if I had it I would put it there and then reinvest it back into my property in Jersey. Perfect. Thank you. And uh, last one, we have uh, Mr. Chris Bolden. Good evening, everybody. This is Chris Bolden from Atlanta, Georgia, um, with the stimulus check. Um, I plan on investing back into the Black Coffee Company and also stocking up on some essential items for myself and my family. All right. Thank you, Chris. And Joy, I know you snuck in last, but I'll still see you. Go ahead. Hello, everybody. Um, yeah, thank you. I was, I, I am calling in from Indianapolis, Indiana, and with my uh, stimulus check, I want to reinvest it into um, the stock stock market, um, based on some advice that Leonard had given me as well, and also reinvest it into the business that I um, am the general manager in. Thank you, Joy. And I believe that was everyone. Maybe we can go to uh, Biko. Go ahead. Let me see you up there. Hey, everybody. Uh, Brandon, and I'm living in Seattle right now. Uh, if I get the stimulus check, um, I'm probably going to end up paying down some debt, like holding on to it for a bit and then paying down some debt and then uh, putting some of it into the Black Coffee Company. All right. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, Jamin? Uh, so I'm checking in from uh, Inglewood, California. Uh, I did receive some stimulus money. I put it forced into my kids' savings account, into uh, the Black Coffee Company, and uh, the, the little bit that's left uh, paid down some debt. Thank you, Jamin. Leonard, you got up to bed and last. All right. Good evening, everybody. Leonard Lightfoot, uh, Falls Church, Virginia. 
um, like uh, wifey mentioned, Tanisha, you know, reinvest into the kids and as well as probably throw some money into the Roth IRA. You're not going to get in the rims? <laughs> <laughs> no rims. Okay, now that's a wrap up introduction. Thanks everyone for joining our call. I'm going to move on to the next slide. I think that's you, Leonard. Discussion goals. I'll go ahead and take this. So, um, like, you know, we've overemphasized is we want this to be a community. So we want a lot of dialogue. And we felt that it's always important to have, you know, we kind of hesitate whether or not we should do intros um, because they do kind of take a, um, a bit of time. But I feel like we get we need to get to know each other. And I think that will help future discussions um, and for them to come um, more fruitful in the, in the future. But so our discussion goals for tonight is always, you know, share information. Like we overemphasize that, share information. Um, primarily tonight is to, to share information to remain financially healthy, um, especially during this global pandemic. And then share strategies. Everybody has a ton of different perspectives. Some are good, some are bad, but it's just good to, you know, bounce these ideas off of experts that have um, various uh, um, perspectives. So we, we, we always encourage everybody to share strategies and resources amongst each other. And that includes like best practices, tips, hacks, and things of that nature. And we strongly encourage everybody to be aggressive and consistent in their pursuit of financial wellness and freedom. Um, it's not something that's done overnight. So you got to just take it one day at a time. And that's why we have these calls to kind of built in that sort of accountability, that check-in per se, within the community. So tonight's talk is a little different. Historically, we've had guests come on, um, but this one, we kind of wanted to leave this one wide open, uh, mostly for the community to ask questions, especially during this pandemic. Um, I know a lot of people are scared, they're nervous, they don't know what to do, you know, they're losing jobs, you know, there's a stimulus check, what should I do with it? Um, so we kind of wanted to just create this platform where people could kind of share these ideas and uh, to kind of kick some things off, we kind of put together some discussion topics that you know we will kind of just let the community direct where we kind of focus our discussion tonight. But some of the, the topics that we were thinking about was under the new financial and economical landscape. So things will be different whenever we get to be released back in out of our houses. Um, and some of these things that may be slightly different or um, will be, I think of the right words, is essentially like the housing market. What is gonna happen to that? Like, I know tons of people, including ourselves, you know, should we buy real estate now? Our prices are gonna go up or down? Uh, what are the new mortgage qualifications? Because so many people are filing for unemployment, um, and then the stock market, what should we, should, should we invest in the stock market at this time? What should I buy? And stimulus check, what am, I, what am I supposed to do with this check? Will I actually get a check? And then another thing that's been, I haven't really thought about, but life insurance, you know, they say life insurance is a good vehicle to, you know, transfer wealth. Will the price of that go up because of this virus out there? Um, if you're trying to get life insurance now, should you get term versus whole? And another topic is employment and entrepreneurship opportunities. 
whenever there's a crisis, unfortunately, there's always tons of opportunities. Um, that's that, you know, silver lining. Um, what will be some emerging needs because of this? And what could, how can you best position yourself to take advantage uh, once things kind of settle down? So those are just some discussion topics. I'll just open the floor up to the community, ask questions, and there's tons of experts on the call tonight that could really you know, dig deep and give great advice uh, to everybody. So I, I, gotta, um, so I have a, a point. Um, no expert, by the way, just an um, observer. And um, one thing uh, I thought would be a great topic to start with is, will I the stimulus? Will I get my check? And if I do, what would I do with it? Um, so I took some notes as everybody was talking, and I just wanted to recap that for everybody. Um, uh, so a few folks said emergency fund. A lot of folks said savings or pay down debt. Uh, someone said no plans if it comes. Um, someone said not receiving a check. Someone said my tax lien account. Um, someone said digital brand assets. These are things that I would like to know more about. What are those? Um, reinvest into my family uh, because I have kids, which is true, so important. Uh, the mark, uh, the Goldman Sachs savings account. It's not uh, 1.7 isn't, um, you know, something sexy, but it's a, it's better than nothing, right? So what should we be doing? Should we go to that account? Um, and other folks that invest in the Black Coffee Company, bless bless you, my brothers. Um, so what, what what would be the best investment or use of these funds right now? Is it about your individual situation or is there a catch-all? Uh, can I speak? Please. Um, I think it all depends on your your um, financial situation. The reason why I said tax liens, I'm not looking. Basically, what a tax lien does is it allows you to go to auction, and depending on the state, you can pick up properties as less for less than five thousand dollars. So, what my concern is, why I'm not trying to buy anything right now is, we have a lot of tax revenues being lost. Um, businesses shutting down, commercial business. They're not producing any tax revenue. So in 2021, there's going to be a lot of issues that are going to pop up 2021 and 2022. So, um, and another example is like, let's say in Los Angeles, you're looking at if someone wants to evict someone, that's going to take eight months to a year. And a lot of landlords don't have enough capital to sustain that. So there's going to be some, there's going to be some assets that are going to come up but not right. Me personally, I'm not looking to buy right now, but down the road, definitely. So just a, a quick follow up to that. You, you mentioned that the landlords can't cover it. So once, let's say it's, it's done, this is done by December. Um, do you think that landlords are going to have like a back tax or like a, like the, the tenants going to have to pay for, what they haven't been paying for? Well, here's gonna be your problem. And I'm really speaking of mom and pop landlords, like uh, hedge funds that own a lot of properties, they won't have an issue. There's landlords who own property that only have one <clears throat> So not only will their tenants, maybe they can't afford to pay, but the landlord won't be able to pay the bank. And just like what happened in 2008, you had people who were living in buildings, some were paying, some weren't. Their building ended up being foreclosed on, and they didn't even know. There's going to be landlords who are going to lose their place. They're not. They don't have the income to, to maintain. Not to maintain it. 
pay taxes, also because they're not getting sufficient income in from rental income. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, you did. Thank you. Such a dope observation. Um, there's a lot to dig in there um, in terms of property down. And Brandon said, in terms of what when you said long term, did you mean eight to ten months? Was that your question, Brandon? Yeah, that was the question. He said down the road he's willing to, or he's looking to buy down the road. But was was that what time frame was he specifically talking about? Oh, um, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. Oh, okay, gotcha. Because I mean, if this, I mean, the the issue is going to be this. I get that there's a program where they want to give businesses um, income to employees for four months, but I think a lot of consumers' mindsets have changed. Not all, but you're going to have a segment of people will be willing to come back and spend. Will they feel comfortable spending? Let's say one spouse loses their job and one doesn't. So. The question is going to be going forward: How many of these these smaller businesses, which a lot of which which employ a lot of people in our country, how many of them will be able to sustain this? And another observation that I've known, I've, I recognized, is that you have a lot of tech-based companies that are increasing their employee base and their sales revenue. Like I just saw today, Best Buy laid off fifty one fifty one thousand people but their online sales has increased 250%. So they're making money and they just cut a bunch of employees. So I don't know. That's just an observation. Yeah, and if you don't mind me chiming in, at the same time, Amazon is looking to hire 75,000 people. So, you know, those Best Buy employees are looking to redirect. They can go right into Amazon. Yeah, I don't know um, if this is, it's similar uh, to some of the topics you just brought up, but um, it just re reminded me of the conversation that um, previous presidential uh, runner Andrew Yang had on the Breakfast Club. He was talking about the sort of um, you know financial tsunami that was basically coming with a lot of jobs because whether it be Amazon or you know a lot of these online retailers um, are not going to necessarily uh, the, the landscape of, of the workforce is really going to change. Um, so. Uh, I don't know if that's already starting today or not, but it's just something to, to consider. Yeah, I know. Um, well, Yang, is his platform was UBI, Universal Basic Income, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a basically, it's a, it's a global welfare system that everyone over 18 gets a check. And if you, if you work, that's fine. If you don't work, that's fine. Um, but something's going to have to happen if, 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 these numbers don't change going forward. Let's see what happens. But if they don't, something's going to definitely have to be implemented. I want to um, real quick share. I know we were talking about the Marcus account, which was offering if people are going to put into this uh, savings account of like 1.7%. I think they just dropped it down to like 1.5. Um, but um, I, I actually leverage uh, another account through T-Mobile Money. I don't know if anyone's familiar with it, but they offer 4%. Uh, uh, APY up to $3,000 and 1% anything above that. Um, and so anyone, you don't have to necessarily be a T-Mobile customer um, to get access to, to that account. Um, but just if you're looking to put it in a smaller kind of um, savings vehicle, the account itself is not technically a savings account, 
but um, it, it's, I think it's essentially a money market account. But if you want to be able to get higher uh, interest returns and you don't have to be a, a T-Mobile customer, you can uh, you know leverage that vehicle. And like I said, it's 4% up to $3,000, then 1% on everything above that. I wanted to... Uh... Yeah, I, I wanted to point out too that uh, back to uh, Brother Cole's uh, strategy of investing in tax certificates, it actually gives a better return than... Uh, any of the savings accounts at uh, T-Mobile. Thanks for sharing that. That's still a much better rate than the Marcus account. But actually, Brandon Cole, what, what he failed to mention is that when you invest in tax certificates, most of your states mandate an interest on delinquent taxes. So when the property owner, if they even if they don't get foreclosed on, they still have to come back and pay the penalty fee, which is usually uh, one percentage point per month. Uh, for average of three years so that you can get up to you can in Texas expedites it to 20 percent in the first six months so if that original landowner comes back and pays their property tax certificate off uh, after three years that's effectively a 36 percent interest rate on your money so it's even better than what you can get uh, even if you don't get a chance to take that that lien and go do quiet title uh, and, and actually acquire that building so I just wanted to point that out, that it can actually be more effective than any of the market accounts out there. Bro, I'm going to need you to uh, after this call to either figure out, you open up an online academy to explain um, some of these concepts in a little more in-depth uh, nature. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, for myself being a novice, uh, <laughs> I, in terms of purchasing property, it's always been straight up. You know, you go in individual, you get a, you get a loan, you lender, or you got cash, and you buy it get the title etc yeah. so these new these vehicles uh could you kind of uh, and I, it was something me and you talk about um could you kind of speak to the community about a little bit more about the real estate investment trust yeah so um the the real estate investment trust uh, you want me to speak to it on uh, more in terms of just in general or or related to maybe black coffee company no in general you know in general don't, don't okay yes yeah. Okay, so so basically, um, the 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 tax code allows for big corporations to to elect to become um, uh, what they call a pass through, where they don't have to pay the entity tax that they normally do when they're incorporated. And what that allows them to when they when they elect, they have to show that they have that all of their income is derived from real estate or some sort of real estate based transaction. So that could be mortgages and whatnot. So when you have a lot of independent mortgage companies, they're usually filed as a real estate investment trust. Okay. And you actually don't have to be a corporation when you, when you file to actually take advantage of that same tax treatment, you can do the same thing with just an LLC. And so, and you can actually take advantage of the jobs act to raise your investors. And what that would allow you to do is to actually invest in properties or even instruments related to real property. So that could be tax liens. You can do an investment fund for that. Or uh, you can focus on uh, uh, Opportunity Zone, which is effectively the hood, what we like to call the hood, but the IRS refers to as distressed communities. Uh, you know, or, uh, or you can do mortgages. Uh, so, you know, any of those combinations 
uh, can allow you to take that take that same approach, and you can loosely just call yourself a real estate investment trust at that point, even though you may not be technically designated so by the IRS, but it's still the same tax treatment. Um, so uh, that can allow folks to to get their money from rents and right now there's no time better than now because the tax code is written for investors and in particularly landlords um so you know if you have if you've got if you've got property you still get to write off a lot of your uh your uh, deferred uh tax treatment and a lot of your uh investments into that your capital investments into that property and actually take that as a deduction uh against your tax rate you were already somewhere down to between 20 and 15% anyway. So you effectively, uh, the, you know, there's no better dividend than rent and there's no better stock to own than real estate because you can leverage, you only need 10 to 20% down and then, you know, 90% is the bank funding. it. And if you get somebody in there to pay rent, you're getting your dividend and you're paying the mortgage. So the, the dividend is, is called a net operating income that you get from your properties. But uh, I, I'm arguing that right now the, the real estate investment trust strategy is, is not only just good for companies like, say, Black Coffee Company to expand with, but it's tried and true. It's been going, it's been going on for decades uh, with companies like McDonald's and Burger King and Dunkin' Donuts. Every franchise you can think of has sustained themselves using this model, but a lot of what they call private offices or family offices, where people have, have created uh, family wealth using the same exact strategy. So uh, that's, what, that's what I wanted to press upon you guys today is, even if you got the Robinhood app or whatever investment app that you use to invest in, you know, look up REIT as a category and you will see a lot of companies, and now you can do fractional shares. You don't have to have the whole amount per share. Um, and look to you know real estate investment trust on the stock market. You can do that too. That's, that's a cheap and easy way to do it. And you can do it at your own pace. Um, and I think Robinhood will give you effectively double what you put in the, into your investment account liquid if you do Robinhood Gold. So you can do margin trading like that so they're just a, there are a lot of ways to do it uh but i just want to press upon you all that there's probably no better way to there's probably no better way to collect a good dividend and a good principal appreciation on the underlying investment than real estate and especially now with interest rates being lower effectively zero Well, I appreciate you sharing that game and that's uh, some awesome observations. Um, did anybody have any questions about some of the information that Stu is sharing in terms of the real estate investment trust? Perhaps some of our different opinions? Um, Jamin, I was, I was gonna say that um, one way a lot of developers raise money is through REITs. So yeah. like, for, like, like one of my goals in life is to own parking lots. Mm -hmm. And and I made I ultimately made a decision that it's just easier for me to invest in the development of a parking lot than it mm -hmm. is to have the physical structure. Yeah, because with the with the physical structure, I have to deal with payroll and workers and you know everything it takes to run a parking lot. 
Yeah. Um, but a, a way to get into that is is you find a a developer who's established a REIT, and then you can invest in that REIT to effectively own a portion of a parking structure. That's right. Yeah. And, and you know, with that approach, you know, the REIT is going to pay out, uh, you know, considerable amount less in terms of a dividend, either quarterly or monthly, than what you would probably make, uh, you know, uh, a month if you owned it yourself. But right. you, you've out, but you've effectively outsourced the management, the headache too. So it's, right. it's mailbox money, and it's a great. It's a great tax advantage, much better than income uh, tax advantage, uh, you know, to do it that way. So, no, I think that's a smart way to do it. And that way you can go into other types of properties that you may want to and you can actually control them a lot better. Uh, So when you do decide to get your hands dirty on a property, you can do something that's more tangible and obtainable uh, and start at the level that you're comfortable with. Because there's no better investment than to do real estate because you can control the appreciation and you can control how much you get into it with. So, you know, because the only other negative is, is when you do a hands-off stock market investment in a REIT, you are taking a gamble on the fact that they're going to do right and not, and not uh, go under. And and it likely won't. I mean, there's, there's no evidence to suggest they would. Uh, I mean, it, it depends. A lot of REITs do go under, unfortunately, but that that's a completely th- different conversation. Um, yeah. But I also wanted, I also wanted to mention that you you brought up margin trading. I think it's very important to note that margin trading is credit. So it is. Yep. So so people who are if you're if you're on the idea of being credit averse or like avoiding credit at all costs. Margin trading is definitely credit, so be careful. Like, just know that if you yeah. if you decide to do margin trading, mm-hmm. you know. So, Stu, so I want to get back to one thing, you guys. We're actually both in terms of you know investing in real estate and in investment trusts or in real estate in general. Is now the right time to buy, considering uh, where we're looking at with our economy? Uh, and there's talks of more stimulus packages being needed. There's talks of uh, banks tightening mortgage lending requirements and regulations. Um, is now the time? Or I heard uh, uh, brother uh, Jerome mention wait until 2021, 2022. Or is a real estate investment, tra- real estate always the best investment? Well, no matter so, Go yeah, ahead. Uh, okay, well, I, so I was going to say um, my my preamble is, Strategically, yes. So I got to qualify that because uh, if you're looking at maybe some traditional REITs uh, that are doing uh, maybe just regular office buildings or just medical centers, you know, all of that has changed now. And maybe some are still profitable. Some are shopping centers and malls, and they may not be as profitable in the future. So I would say think strategically about it, where things are headed. And then invest in that. Like there's one called DLR, Digital uh, Realty, and they in, they invest in and they they own and operate um, data centers. So all these cloud servers are parked there with DLR. Okay, so yeah, that's one you want. There's uh, Crown Castle, American Tower, and Equinix. All three of those companies own almost eighty to ninety percent of the towers around the world. Okay, so. 
they're in a real estate investment trust and you want to put a little bit in each of those because, you know, I don't need to explain to you how important, you know, this whole concept of mobility is going to be. Um, and it's going to be, you know, so it's, it's definitely the remedy to, to uh, stay at home, right? Uh, uh, shelter in place. So, so I say yes, but, but be futuristic about where you want to put your money. Uh, hospitality industry, I'll put some money in the hospitality industry, uh, a company called El Dorado. I think that um, I did it because they have casinos and gaming facilities around the country and not just concentrated in Vegas, even though they do do Nevada too, um, because eventually other places can still pick up, even if the, your travel centers like Vegas, New York, and LA get shut down under another pandemic, they can still keep going. So you want to be careful about hospitality. Uh, and, and, you know, but I would say just think futuristic and then, and then make your picks from there. And um, so to piggyback on what he was saying, like I come from the school of school of thought where you don't time the market. So if you have the money, learn what you want to invest in and invest in it when you have the money. So it doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. What matters is if you have the money, to put at risk and if you do and if you know enough about what you want to do with the money then just do it mm -hmm. yeah so i wanted to uh and thank you guys so much time, for, for insight all right go ahead go ahead hey guys um so my name is sean harness um this is like the first call that i've been on with you guys thanks for having me i know a bunch of you guys but Hello to everyone that I haven't met. Um, so thanks for having me, first of all. Um, I just wanted to chime in because I think this is an excellent conversation because um, I consider myself, just based on my um, professional background and, and uh, theoretical background, a, a business strategist, um, which means I kind of focus in on, a lot on uh, business strategy. I do a lot of uh, contracts, even though I'm not an attorney. Um, and I also work a lot in finance. I actually don't do a lot of trading. Uh, however, when hearing you guys think about the way you think about where to put money at, it also makes me think about some of the things I think are really important. A couple of things I was just taking some notes as we were talking. Um, when I think about investments, especially right now, the goal typically is to focus in on an investment that will give you the largest amount of return with a minimal amount of risk. Um, I think real estate is definitely a great investment. Um, depending on where you go with that, that's really not my niche. Uh, essentially, me, myself, um, I talked a little bit about uh, business. To uh, So for me, what I'm kind of focusing in on with my business, because I'm a career coach and also a business coach, is a business-to-business -business offering. So working with the city, working with the state, working federally, things of that nature, and offering programs specifically, uh, more so digital. Uh, contracting and procurement, I think that is um, recession-proof, essentially. Um, there's always people that are going to need some sort of good or service and the way to really build big business and I've given almost two, 300 million in contracts away for roles that I've been in is literally contracting and procurement. Um, and then the last part, the, or the last area that I kind of took a note on is essentially like a diversified fund. So I heard Roth IRA, I heard, uh, you know, 401k Roth IRA or even if you're just essentially just throwing that into, uh, I would say a savings account. I think a lot of those things are 
are really good to kind of kind of hide and, and shield your funds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I wanted to say something. Uh, uh, what was your name again? You just spoke. Hey, so my name is Sean Harness. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree with Sean. In, in times of um, um, of economic uh, chaos, always go to the government. I had a, I have a friend that had a vodka company. What she did is she just retooled her manufacturing. She owns the building. She owns everything outright and her machines. And now she's selling hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. And she got a contract with the government. She had the FDA approved, got a contract with the government. So everyone's going to need sanitizer. But yeah, I definitely agree with what you just said. And I'm curious if 10 times of uh, pandemic and, and crisis, is it easier to get approved? Uh, is it easier to get through with some of that backlog I, certification? I, I think, see, here's the thing, if you're already in the mix mm-hmm. and, and know how to do it, it's going to be much smoother trying to learn and figure things out. I think, the, I mean, I don't know, learning, the learning curve might not be the best way to do it. But I'm not saying don't do it, but. I, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, it, it's always like that because, I mean, I've worked, I worked at Fortune 500 companies and typically the companies that we've always done business with, it's always easier to get them in a the mix. But I will tell you something that a lot of people don't have this conversation about is that the reason why it's more important to get more suppliers into these types of businesses is mainly because that helps to level out the cost. If you guys listen to what uh, Governor Cuomo, if I'm saying his name right, in New York talk about, about with ventilators and things of that nature. What's happening right now is the price of ventilators is going up, mainly because there's not enough suppliers. There's only a couple people who can make ventilators. It's very complex. Now, if we're talking about something simple that you can get a hold of from essentially a supplier and you can put the, the business together the right way, uh, hand sanitizer, if we're talking about, I don't know, sheets, if we're talking about pillowcases, masks, whatever, uh, if you're able to do that, I mean, I'm telling you, man, this is the way that a lot of my suppliers have literally built a fortune, like an empire. You know what I mean? So let's put a pin in that, Sean. So, you know, I, I love that what you said about, you know, contracts and procurement and, and it's some, same thing Jerome echoed uh, in times of a turn to the government, right? You sound like mm-hmm. you guys you know, similar mindset, a lot of things in COP6. Uh, For sure. I would, how does the novice, so say you don't have a business, say that you're a professional working nine to five and saving and you're interested in, you know, I don't want to you know, put my money in a savings account or, an, or, or a stock brokerage. I want to invest in a business. How did, how do we get that started? Yeah. How, is there, are there other ways to invest Absolutely. in starting yourself? There's a ton, there's a ton of ways. And what I would say is, it really goes back to, and this is, I, I say this to a lot of people uh, from a professional perspective, uh, an attorney as well as a, uh, um, a CPA uh, will always have a job. And this is where I think people like that need to get involved when you get an agreement um, established of some sort. Uh, so I, I'll give you an example. So right now, one of my goals is to be a, uh, the largest minority supplier of construction materials. So construction materials like steel and aluminum, elbows, couplings, nipples, things like that that's using non-residential construction. Um, I need investors, essentially. You know what I mean? So 
putting together an agreement that that person is comfortable with signing, um, that I'm comfortable with signing, where I can essentially, uh, for most people, they're getting what, 1.7% in, uh, in a savings account or potentially 10 to 12% in a 401k account. What if I'm able to give 20 to 25% based on a certain amount of time, based on, you know what I mean? Things like that. That's where I think uh, people like us are able to come together and build, build, you know, build things. I love how you said come together and build, right? I think yeah. that's key. Um, yeah. and, and, and to add to that, you know, you asked about, you know, what what's the first thing, you know, we talked about, you know, yesterday, the power of the LLC. You, you want to start with the formation. The LLC is mm -hmm. the most amorphic, chameleon-like structure you can use to, to protect your personal assets and build your, you know, build a business structure. Number two, um, you want to, I, I would suggest raising equity as opposed to debt first. Uh, equity is the most patient mm -hmm. capital there is. The bank wants their money when they want it. And you got to meet them when they, you could always tell an equity investor, let's hold on, let's hold on, let's reinvest, let's get to the next level. And, you know, here's a little bit of dividend here to, you know, tie you over so you don't feel like I'm trying to do you wrong. I'm just trying to grow it. And if they're pleased with what you're doing, they're going to go out and get more investors. Uh, here's number three. Oh, yeah. To add sure. to, yeah. And here's number three. There are two concepts. There's the self-directed IRA and there's also the solo 401k. So the solo 401k is the best one to use because it doesn't have, it has a higher annual contribution limit that you can make. But that allows people to, to roll over their 401k from whatever job they left and put that into their solo 401k and then they can direct where they want to invest. So if you know about those two tools, you can go to, uh, if, you, if somebody has an IRA with their company or one that they set up elsewhere, you can help guide them to um, what they call a custodian, which is essentially a trust company. And there's one out of um, Nevada that, uh, that I have a relationship with. They're very good. They're good about this and they can transfer it into a self-directed and then fund your business and, and you can pay them their equity and dividends that way. All right. Or some people have been working for UPS and got one heck of a 401k because that's one thing UPS is good for. <coughs> and and so they can self-direct it, move it from their company if it allows them to, it depends. And then they can use that to fund you. So just knowing those two options also increases your likelihood of being able to get uh, uh, investors to feel comfortable with, with contributing to you and getting a better return. Because you get to ask them as a pitch, how much are you getting annually in return on your investment now? Well, you know, 10% if it's great, well, that means you'll double your money in 10 years, but not every fund is doing that. So why not control where you put it and roll it over into a self-directed 401k and invest with me and you get better returns. So that's, that's step number three. Um, this is um, Jerome Wiley. Can I add to what he was just saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Also, um, as far as for investing in so, with a, a self-directed IRA, yeah, you could have an equity position in someone else's deal. 
but also you can invest on your own. Like let's say you, the great benefit of a self-directed IRA is you can pretty much invest in everything that you can think of except for collectibles and I think oil, something like that. So let's say if you wanted to buy a rental property, you can do that with your self-directed IRA. Um, That's right. If you wanted to, let's say two of you wanted to start your own business, 50-50 partners, you can both put in 50% each, but now here's a negative. You can't take any income from that business directly. It has to go back into your self-directed IRA. So the That's great right. thing about a self-directed IRA is it can grow based upon your knowledge. Um, what was a, There was a presidential candidate. He was a, a Mormon guy. Oh, uh, Mitt Romney. Mitt, Mitt Romney. Romney. He, he, yep, he does he, his deals with self-directed IRAs. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely that's a powerful tool. Yeah, no, that's right. And you're right about the limitations. There are a lot of, there are also limitations against, well, basically what you described in a nutshell is self-dealing. And so like, yeah, if it'll, you be, it'll that, be a taxable event. If you, if you do something right. wrong and don't follow those rules, yeah, it's a taxable that's event. Right. That's right. That's right. And, and one of the, and, and, you know, even including if you buy that rental property, then end up staying there yourself. Can't do that either. It has right. to be, you know, for the, for the public in general to consume. But you're right. You can't, you can't take, you know, but that's why I was saying if you want to get other people to invest in your business, then you want to convince them to turn over to a self-directed IRA or at least a portion of what they've got invested in IRA and do it. And, and so then you, you have somebody that, that feels more comfortable and they don't have to use cash up front. They can use what they already built. Well, it's like, like, like oh. let's say like you talked about the real estate example. You're right. Like I couldn't work on it. Um, my children can't, but my brother can. Yeah, it's linear. It's lineal ascendants can't benefit directly from it, but your brother can, uh, cousins can, so they could work on it. So it's it's you have to know all the rules, ins and outs. But it's yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's it's definitely positive. Yeah, it's it's an effective tool when you're raising investors, and they you know they want to invest in you. But, uh, you know, they got the nest egg before they have the cash. And that's what you use. That's, and that's where you, you can really draw down the investment you need. You guys are dropping some gems on us today, bros. I did, honestly did not think this, uh, we were going to get to this le high level. Uh, but I'm loving it. I'm learning. Um, but there's a couple questions in the chat box I want to get to make sure that we covered. Uh, so I'm going to go back a step. Um, so Ashley said, what's the majority? We let those majority of the schools do this simple stuff. You know, we take it to another level. Uh, so Ashley said, um, what's a good amount of money to have when you start investing in real estate? 10000 Yeah, I'd say that's pretty that's fair, a, 10 to 15 Depends on what you're trying to invest in because is she trying to flip? Are you trying to buy and hold something? Because there's additional cost. Are you trying to just get a tax lien? So it depends. Well, I haven't thought too much about it. I just know I've always heard that as, over the last few years has been a hot market. So it hasn't been something I've been seriously trying to do. I'm just still kind of getting the information on it in case I do decide to go for it one day. Okay. I, well, I where, where are you located, Ashley? Are you trying to buy and hold a property? Just keep in mind, it's, it's more than just the purchase price. You have to rehab stuff. And mm -hmm. if you're going to get a tenant and you have a mortgage, right, there's going to be carrying costs of that mortgage until you get tenants in your building. So there's, mm -hmm. there's, different, there's different things you have to think about uh, from a low-end cost, mm -hmm. a tax lien. 
high-end cost um, physically owning the property. Well, here, here's an, here's another way. She, well, hold on. Here's another here's another solution with little money down. Um, where, where are you located, Ashley? Again, I live in New Orleans. Okay, so you're in New Orleans, good, nice market, right? Um, so you want to probably look at wholesaling where you where you they call it bird dogging, but essentially you're getting <laughs> houses under contract and you assign you you assign them and you do the money you do the 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 math on them, and then you sell that contract over to an actual fix and flipper. The benefit of doing this is that it's hard work. It's mm -hmm. not easy to it's not easy to do, but you're in a city that's got a lot of airship properties and still has a lot of abandoned properties. Um, I was just over there in Midtown a few months ago and saw that they still had some boarded up homes. So if you can figure out how to chase down the owners and 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 get a hold of them, you can get them under contract. And you can actually flip them over to an actual flipper, and you can you can get you know contract doing that. So that that gives you up over time. You do you do it to the point that you understand what to look for for yourself after you build up enough to get started with on your own. And 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 uh, you know, the brother was right. There are a lot of holding costs. The best mm -hmm. way is to start is to start with what they call hard money, where you pay interest only. For 12, 12 to 36 months, depending on what you do, and then you can refinance it after you get somebody in there or sell it. So it's it's either well, you actually pay it off after you sell it, but um, but it's a tool to get in because you pay 10% of the acquisition and 10% of the renovation. Okay, so okay. Um, so it's a it's a tool that can get you in, um, and then you and then before the the, the balloon payment is up. Then you then you refinance it into a longer term, but you want to you got to move quickly to get either sell it or to get a tenant in it. If you're going to do that's that. true, I understand it is important to try to get someone in there as fast as you can. Yeah, yeah, he he's absolutely right. But when you do get somebody in there, and especially long term and at a good margin, it's free money because now you're paying down the mortgage and you're building equity in the house, and you get to touch that equity to get you into the next deal. Mm hmm. So from there, once you get your first nut, is it? You know, excuse my language, but that's it. You get your first one, you crack it, and you can cascade from there. And, and they call that floating money. So. Okay. Well, thank you for the tips. Thank you, you know, for helping just to kind of clarify, you know, all yeah. the things I would have to take into account. You know, if I just really decide to pursue this. Yeah. No problem. And uh, I think I just sent a link on that website to that article that I wrote about, uh, about is what you, is not what you sell, it's what you own. That's mm -hmm. my website and you can get in touch with me through that. So. Is that in the chat box or? Yeah, that yeah, that's in the chat box. Yeah. And also going to post that in the Facebook community after this conversation so everybody can get a chance to hear about the amazing work this brother's doing. Um, okay. as, as, Thank you again for that. Yeah, no problem. See that, uh, Quincy, did you have something to say? Oh, um, well, it's not on this subject. I was gonna go, I was gonna say something when they were talking about uh, self directed IRAs. Okay, yeah, um, can... go ahead. Huh? Oh, okay. Um, one, so I sell race car parts, and and one of my goal, like, I only I prefer self directed IRAs just because you can do whatever you want. 
So a portion of my inventory would be purchased through a self-directed IRA and then the money goes right back to that IRA. And, and my profits are vary from anywhere from like 10 to 50%. And it's like a day or two. So that you could just, you can literally double and triple your money in your, in whatever it is, your business. Like if black coffee, took a portion of of their coffee like let's say you guys are doing ten thousand dollars a month in coffee sales and after a year you've accumulated 120 grand so you keep that 120 grand or whatever and you take a portion of your you you, you look at what your sales were for the previous year and you say okay we're gonna put 20 percent of our sales into the self-directed IRA to, to build up like your retirement or whatever you're gonna use it for. And then you take whatever that number is, let, just for easy math, if it was $100,000 and 20% would be 20,000. So you take that $20,000, you buy $20,000 worth of coffee inventory. And when that inventory sells, however long it takes to go through $20,000 worth of inventory, you make whatever the profit is on that inventory and you can just leave it in a self-directed IRA. And then what that IRA could do is invest in traditional mutual funds. Let's say you, 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 you have the 20,000 in inventory, that 20,000 comes back as let's just say your, your margins like 10%. So you make 2000 on the 20,000 you put the 22,000 in and you can use the 2000 to invest in mutual funds the traditional way and that that 2000 hedge whatever whatever losses you might experience in that inventory so let's say the third year you lo- your inventory loses 5% but your your mutual fund makes 7 that turns that 5% loss into a 2% loss does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it's very, very technical. Um, but I think at some point it'll be good to kind of revisit what a self-directed IRA versus a traditional IRA in terms of what that means. Um, not everybody's. The, the only difference. So the on, the difference between a self-directed IRA and a regular IRA or. The, the more commonly known IRA is with an investment bank. It's at like Goldman Sachs or Vanguard or whatever. And those are quote unquote self-directed, but the only things you can invest in is the mutual funds or the stocks that that bank offers. Whereas with a truly self-directed IRA, you can invest in literally whatever you want that doesn't include like the restrictions that they have, which would be collectibles or whatever the other ones are. Thank you. There was a question that came in from Humanity365. I have an IRA, but I'm unsure where to even start. What do you suggest? Um, so that's Shantice and Cedrica. Did that? Did any of that help answer your question? Uh, yes, a little bit. Yeah, if you're looking for a step-by-step, uh, I think you probably want to check first with your with your IRA account and make sure that um, that you can move it first 
And then what we do is we find you what's called a custodian. And that custodian, um, like, like who do you have your IRA set up with now? So I'm with Merrill Edge. So originally, okay, when, good. Originally, so we'll when I rolled, originally when I rolled my 401k over into the IRA, um, it was being managed by Merrill Edge. And then I didn't notice that they were charging me um, monthly for, it was just sitting there. So I ended up contacting them and then they reversed it to where now I manage it on my own. So I'm not um, being charged, but it's kind of like just sitting there because I don't really know, like, I don't, I guess I'm, I would say it's fear to know, to want to take risks. Um, so I've seen, mm-hmm. I've seen the things that I could do, but I just don't know if it's the right decision Good. in regard, like mutual mm-hmm. funds, the fixed, um, the fixed, ones and all and etc i would i would say the first yeah. thing you should do yeah, is I, learn about those different vehicles and then once you learn what your options are then you make a decision from there yeah i might just say yeah. something and else. you want to uh, you want to see oh go, uh, go uh i was just gonna say this like the, the 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 products that you can get from a financial planner like those fixed products that's not really the purpose of a self-directed IRA. If the most important thing is educating yourself and look at what you can mm-hmm. invest in with the self-directed IRA, look at the, what you can invest in a traditional IRA. Basically what I can really mm-hmm. tell you is this self-directed IRA, you are in control. So, which means you have to have a, a, right. a very good body of knowledge. If you aren't comfortable with being in control, that's why people will use traditional IRAs. But then now here's a negative. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to get it with a self-directed IRA. Your gain is exponential. It's all based upon your knowledge. And yeah, you could lose mm-hmm. money. Uh, a traditional IRA, it's going to be it's going to be more it's going to be minimal, more minimal. That's all. Yes, but in, and, in and, either, so, and so the an- sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, but for her to simple to to simplify what she. What she was saying, I, I think, I think what uh, you know, her next step is to decide whether she wants self-directed IRA, and if so, then all you need to do is find a trust company. I've got a relationship with one. If you want to uh, take that route, and they're going to give you all the parameters you need, um, and you can still still do traditional investments with that self-directed IRA. You can still, uh, and I would also advise. You mentioned mentioned uh, mutual funds. I would advise you to compare mutual funds to ETFs because you may find that ETFs are easier to get in and out of and have lower fees, but still diversify the same way mutual funds do. So just wanted to just wanted to mention that as well. But the first step is to establish is to move from your current custodian at Merrill Lynch and go to a, uh, a trust company that specializes in this. And so that way that trustee can can help advise you on what's acceptable and what isn't. And what the ramifications are of every step you make, so that that helps. Okay, and that was it. Hey, good, good point. Um, I was just going to say before you even get to step one, um, I'm kind of going to throw a lob to Quincy on this one. Um, in terms of step zero, what are some like easy resources, some things that they could listen to potentially, books that they could read to kind of get more familiar with this sort of discussion terminologies? Uh, so I'll yeah, go with the Quincy. Yeah, I was I was actually gonna say that uh, before you get like we're throwing a lot of big words around self-directed this mutual fund that and and I, I mean I don't know whether you know what any of that means 
at all. I would say the, the very first thing is you, you need to know what these terms mean before you even think about doing anything with the actual money. Um, I, I'm uh, from the school of thought of Dave Ramsey, so I'm real conservative with a lot of stuff that I do and a lot of the ways that I think are even advice. Not if, I don't advise people, but if I were to, like I, my, my path would be closer to that. And I, I take Dave's Ramsey's teachings and then apply it to the principles they're saying about self-directed. But that's because I'm into self-directed and I know what it is. and I know how much work it is and all of that. So the, the more important thing to do is first learn what it is your options are with this money. What's a mutual fund? What's an ETF? What's an IRA? What's a what like even just we say stock market but do does do you really know what the stock market is or how it works or whatever so i i think the very first thing you should do is to learn those terms so you can at least have an idea of of what it is you want to do with your own money there's no there's no right or wrong answer to what to do first with your money it's your money if you want to put it in a self-directed IRA and invest in your cousin's cupcake company, you can do that as long as you know what you're doing. Or if you want to leave it at Merrill Edge and, and buy a Tesla stock, you can do that. Or if you want to buy a mutual fund, you can do that. But you have to know what these things are or what the diff what's the difference between your cousin's cupcake company and Tesla or what's the difference between Tesla and a mutual fund that includes Tesla, or what's the difference between a real estate investment trust that leases a building to Tesla? So, like, there's there's so many different things. So the most important thing is just learn what these words mean, what these things are, and and figure out the laws and tax advantages that are around each one of them. Well put. Yeah, so in addition to, to Dave Ramsey, what are some other resources that would be beneficial to the community to kind of learn these terminologies? If people learn in a variety of different ways via podcasts, books, blogs. Um, um I mean the the I don't I I listen to a lot of different people on YouTube, so I can't I can't necessarily think of all their names at the moment. Dave Ramsey's the one I listen to every single day. But a simple thing you could do, if you don't know what an ETF is, Google what's an ETF and just read all of the information that comes up on what's an ETF. And and in that, read, let's say you read 10 different books and they say 10 different things, pick the ones that say the same thing. So, and then that way you're like, okay, these 10 different places say different things, but here's what they did say that's the same. And then that's kind of how you decipher the information, like filter through the information that you're internalizing. You got some recommendations coming in the chat, Leonard. Yeah, I see um, Investopedia. Oh, Investopedia.com. Um, recommend reading or listening to Cashflow Quadrants by Robert, can't pronounce his last name. Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki. Yeah. So those are some good resources. We'll actually throw all this up on the Black Coffee um, community page on Facebook so everybody can know. But yeah, definitely if you have ideas, things that you're listening to, reading, please, please share. That's why, that's but, why we're here. 
Leonard, the, um, I want to interject the, like, I think it's important to have a list of things to read or to research, but it's more important to be able to decipher the information in that list. Just because not, not everything, not all information is good information and not all information is bad information. So you have to kind of figure out how to mix good information with bad information to extract what information applies to you specifically. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And one of the things that, um, not to belabor this, but one of the things that we felt was just empowering for us that we kind of realized as a company and as a collective of brothers was that by having these conversations, we became more comfortable and confident even asking questions. So um, one of our main, you know, principles that we would like to kind of preach is always to have these dialogues. Um, and then hopefully that would lead to intentional action. So yeah, thanks for all the great insight, everybody. And to be and to be fearless, Leonard, you know, don't don't be afraid to ask a question and say what you don't know. I'm learning a ton of shit that I've ne you know I never considered or you know I maybe heard maybe in passing. Uh, so I truly appreciate you guys talking. But uh, ask questions and don't be afraid. Um, but speaking of fear, I see Don uh, Dominic Brackett uh, in the chat box had a uh, comment. He said, um, "If you are thinking about buying real estate and you're currently renting and have stable employment, there are many amazing deals outright out right now because of other people listening to their fears." Could, did you want to elaborate on that? I know we've missed you a little bit ago, Mr. Brackett. Yeah, it came in a little later. Um, but so I'm a real estate broker here in California and you know, there's always different advice that everybody gives you. Um, but I'll just tell you like in the last three weeks, uh, we've closed two escrows. I put a deal in escrow yesterday. Uh, so the reality is there are a lot of people out here that are taking advantage of this situation. And then there are people who are being fearful. And I mean, there is no right or wrong answer, just like with stocks and all that. But if you, you're really considering buying, uh, trust and believe that there are people out there right now uh, putting in offers, still, you know, not following the rules and going and looking at properties. Uh, of two of my listings, I've literally had at least three showings in the last seven to eight days. So I think a rule of thumb that a lot of people say in real estate, stocks or whatever is when everybody is going one direction, if you go the other way, you're going to take more risk, but the more risk, the more reward. So definitely, if you're on that edge, you know, it's not always about waiting one year, two years. If it works for you in your current situation, then you need to pursue that because waiting one, two years might work for somebody else, but that, not, that might not work for your specific situation. Great point, great point. So some additional other um, references or um, resources is the Black Upstart and Hood Estates. Um, so those are just you know, two good pages to follow on Instagram. They focus on Black wealth building and entrepreneurship. Thank you, Ashley, for that. Uh, this conversation has been truly dope. I um, appreciate everybody just sharing, you know, and we encourage you to continue doing that in the Black Coffee Community Facebook group. Uh, it's a place that we built because we, you know, and I, I admit selfishly, we want to learn. We know that we are part of a super dope network of professionals and of entrepreneurs, uh, public speakers, 
uh, real estate barons and uh, such. And, you know, we're just trying to thank for the learn from you guys. So, but please keep sharing this knowledge, keep posting, uh, keep communicating with us. Uh, we're coming close to the closing where, uh, and before we bring Mr. Bolden up, were there any other uh, points, questions, thoughts that folks wanted to share? You know, what are, how are you uh, pursuing your financial freedom in this age of uh, COVID-19? I'm gonna call you out uh, if you haven't heard from you speak. Um, for me, I'm just paying attention what the Fed is doing, how they're propping up companies with um, bonds, bond buy buying, and um, just trying to pay attention to the game where things are headed. Follow the money. I have a question for anybody who's filed for the EIDL. Has anyone received? a payment or heard anything yet? All I got was an email last week that says, yeah, we got your application. So, and I applied pretty quickly, maybe like the third or fourth day the application opened. So I'm just curious. Um, I saw a, a post today that said that they're only at 2% um, of the applications that they've actually looked at and accepted. Wow. Today. So, cause I, I think I applied, maybe like two weeks ago, like mm -hmm. right at the beginning too. Mm -hmm. um, I know a business that got, they, they received their first $1,000. Um, so they, they got that yesterday. Okay. But I, I, I also know, I think they said like uh, applications are closed or they're like they're full now or something like that. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of different programs, so let's make sure, be sure we're clarifying which one. So EIDL, that emergency income disaster loan, that was uh, directly through SBA. And then you got the pay, uh, payroll protection program, and that's through your bank, right. SBA. Um, and so I, heard, I read an article today that said uh, they'd already maxed out uh, the amount, over like $380 billion of what they were allotted in this first round. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot correct. Of information out there. We applied for EIDL as well, and we have not received anything. And I, we being Black Coffee. Mm hmm Yeah. Yeah, and the, the it was the EIDL, the EIDL that I was referring to that my friend got their $1,000. Yeah. I'm just curious. I, you know, I'm not banking on it or anything. I'm only interested in that basically the de facto grant um not alone so i was just curious because i haven't heard anything from friends who applied once he's the first person to report me report to me i've heard anyone of anything anybody getting something also that grant is a loan oh i mean it's they're not presenting it as a loan but you should you should definitely be cautious with the government saying grant are forgivable in any sentence mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely it just it just changes with the wind. Like I, I'm not gonna get into whatever I would normally get into, but it just it changes with the wind. So just be mindful that that grant is alone, the way it's written. Anybody else with any experience heard anything back from a SBA regarding these uh, programs? Anybody else? Anything for the good of the order? We're gonna bring it to a wrap. I'm gonna bring, uh, get ready to bring Mr. Oh, no, I haven't heard from Andrea. Andrea, is that Andrea Hall? It is, how are you? 
blessed and highly favored. How are you doing? Good, good. Very good this evening. Have you yes. been able to go ahead? Yeah, no, very interesting conversation. I appreciate all of it. Took some great notes, and I'll definitely be uh, reviewing and looking up some additional terminology. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. It may have something we might have to put together a dictionary with some of these terms that we're learning as we go. Um, Shannon, how about you, ma'am? How are things going? Everything's good. I'm really interested in the tax liens that everyone was talking about. I know a little bit about them, but if anybody has some good resources on places to start or cities to look in, um, I'm definitely interested in them. And I've seen, I've heard a lot of good things about people getting a high return on them if it works out. So if anybody has any resources, I'd like to have those. Like hey, Jamie, uh, this is Isaac. Yeah, I'm just kind of, you know, sitting here like a fly on the wall. But um, like uh, I just posted uh, for everyone to see, um, for those that are looking or just trying to learn about what a self-directed IRA is, um, I recommend a good book. It's called The Ultimate Self-Directed IRA by Jeff Astor. Um, it's about 65 pages. And it's definitely a great resource for specifically, you know, for people that are just like hearing these terms uh, for the first time. And, you know, it's definitely going to increase um, everyone's knowledge. Um, now, moving on to say like the tax liens, um, I've been learning about it really about the last year or so. I've done a couple of conferences um, and there was someone I reached out to uh, about back in November that is actually doing this uh, and they were kind enough to you know just check in with me and talk to me from time to time um, an investor from Baton Rouge and lives in Cleveland so um, and I, I met her through a Facebook group so I mean like if you look in Google you know basically anything that you're looking for there's some kind of Facebook group for it and that's kind of where I go um, you know, looking for people who are already doing it. And it seems like, you know, there are people that are in this group and it's like, hey, we need to get together and, you know, learn together, you know, teamwork, make, a, make the dream work. Absolutely. Did anybody else have a, um, something to share about tax liens for Shannon? Anybody with any experience? It seems like it would be a good time to buy them because people are going to forfeit their homes and and property, so that's that's um, why I'm interested. The the important thing to note about tax liens um, are adverse possession, is which it's also called. Um, the the redemption period for that is like four years, and it it varies from state to state, but in most states it's about four years. So let's say somebody owes fifteen hundred dollars in taxes, you pay that fifteen hundred dollars that person has four years after you pay it to pay you back or to pay the next coming year. If they pay you, um, you get what you get a percentage of that payment and then the tax lien is over. If they don't pay, you pay the next year, then you pay the next year and then you pay the next year. And that's at the end of the fourth year or whatever the time period is, is when you can take possession of the property. Correct. Also, yeah. um, Sorry, yeah, yeah, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, Isaac. Um, yeah, so like if you're investing in like tax liens and tax deed, you know, Quincy, like what you were saying, your money can uh, be held up 
So if that's the money you don't need access to right away is definitely something you have to think about, you know, as well. Um, yeah, because, you know, a lot of people, they want their money to be liquid and accessible. But if you're investing for, you know, the long term, you know, like Quincy said, you know, you're looking three to four years, you know, to recoup that money back. But with interest. It's a good investment, though. I have money sitting and I have for a few years, so it would be better off. I mean, either way, I would get a return, whether I get a return on the taxes paid or own the property. It's right. having it just sit there. Right. I'm going to get a profit. Absolutely and, correct. And um, one thing that wasn't mentioned concerning tax claims at all, it's it at the end of it, you could be faced with a very difficult moral decision. A lot of people who don't pay their taxes on their property are owed. Yeah, so right. at the end of it all, you have to make the decision if you're willing to put an old person out of their place. So that's, that's, that's a decision that's made at the end of the redemption period. You can let that person live there. And if they can pay you rent, they can pay you rent. You can wait till they pass away or you can put them out. I mean, and it, it really, be, that's a very difficult decision when you're in that position. But either way, won't the bank take it? No. The, if they, so it would uh, just, uh, I would completely tax, own it. And then I would tax, have the option of selling it back to them or possibly having them rent it out or taking it. Correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the bank doesn't, the house is already paid for. If it's in a tax lien, it's the house is paid for in the government. Um, it just owes taxes, basically. Okay, thank you guys. Yeah. So, uh, TJ, I think you had a comment, sir. Um, yeah, just because of uh, the times right now with everything that is going on, um, you know, this is with regardless if you know you leverage uh, my company or not. But um, selfishly, I, I'm part part of a uh, financial literacy credit repair company, and it's a great time to repair your credit. Those of you who have credit, um, and if it's not in a great place, whether you you know leverage me or not. Um, it's just really a great time. So, you know, whatever your financial situation is, whether it be investing, um, but make sure we're using this time, you know, wisely and we've been getting a lot of great uh, results for clients. So once again, this is more about just making sure you guys are taking care of the, the, the option or the opportunity, um, that window that's open right now. Oh, bro, please, po please post that in the chat and in the Facebook community so folks know how to reach out to you. Definitely. Leonard, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we would like, first of all, thank everybody um, for the for the discussion. Very, very good. We got very technical, but then we did kind of pull it back out, kind of break down some of these terms. And I hope everybody had the opportunity to learn something today from this call. If not, please, please, you know, provide feedback. You know, we we. We, uh, we run on feedback, so um, we're here to serve you all and don't know what to serve if we don't receive feedback. So if this was too technical, if there was a question that you didn't get um, answered, please, please let us know and we'll you know, leverage our resources to get that uh, question answered. Uh, so in terms of final thoughts, I want to thank you for your time and participation. Um, there's a friendly reminder that the webinar was recorded. Um, please share this information with your family and friends. Join the Facebook Black Coffee uh, community uh, group on Facebook. Ask questions. Be engaging. Uh, the more engagement there is, the better it is for everybody. And um, 
lastly, like I just mentioned earlier, please provide feedback on the platform and the company and this webinar as a whole. So um, thank you for your time. Um, we really appreciate it. Chris, did you have anything for us, brother? Yeah, I just wanted to thank everybody for getting on the call tonight. Um, this has just been a powerful discussion. I've really been blown away by the wealth of information and just the professionals that we have in our tribe. Uh, we're truly blessed to be able to share this information. Um, I know personally, I feel like, you know, this has left me blown away. So I think we all kind of know where we are uh, financial literacy wise. So while we're in our homes on quarantine, um, let's get our financial literacy up. Um, there's a lot of money to be made. <clears throat> like my brother Dominique Brackett said, um, there's a lot of money in fear and there's a lot of people getting rich right now. So why not us? So everybody be safe, be vigilant and can't wait till the next call. All right, we got COVID part three coming up next, followed by the, the wrap of season one and then some dope announcements coming after that. Appreciate y'all. Hey, thank y'all for uh, for inviting me in. So I look forward to the next calls. It'd be great. Yeah, Everyone take care. Yeah, thank, thank you, guys. Everyone be safe. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> Thanks. Y'all be safe. Yeah, another good one in the books. Another good one. Yeah. I didn't even know what you meant. I wasn't paying attention during that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta close it out. Cause I was thinking Chris was gonna close it out. And I was like, oh, I, I didn't know like Chris had dropped off or if I missed a message on the group meet. But, but yeah, he did a good job wrapping up. So it's great. Another great job for I mean, this car got hella technical, bros. Like that real estate, we need to have a real estate specific call. And a stock market specific call, mm -hmm. like everything has to have, like season two is can already can write itself. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, like, the, I like the free flowing because it. I like the free flowing because it kind of brought up a lot of different things, but then things that we're not even like thinking about, right? Um, so, this I think this planted a lot of seeds for future topics, right? You see, we got a lot more work to do in terms of breaking these, this, breaking this, all this down, man. It's a lot. So many different things to invest yeah. in. So many layers to it, bro. But the fact that we're just having these conversations, we're doing the work, bros. We're doing the work. What, what our, our ability a year from now? Imagine that. Like I'm gonna have me a mixing board so I can do gunshots and sound drops when you do this shit, bros. We're gonna have like a word pop up on the screen when somebody's drop a new term we ain't heard of. Like, I'm talking about, this, this is like, we're dropping knowledge here. Yeah, it's knowledge. And it's just like, it's so much these right here. I mean, there's just so much, like, things to, um, so much information to, to take from this one call to move forward, right? So much insight was gained of what people are thinking and what they know and how we could better serve the community. And I think I mean, our approach so far is to be ambiguous, but now, like you said, now that we've kind of been a sounding board to see where people are coming from, like, okay, now we know where to go. Yeah.
Yeah, it's crazy that you know real estate is so popping because we got that real estate podcast they want to work with us and do something we got so many real estate professionals or novices in our group like that could be a, a definitely a couple conversations for season two if we wanted to go that route yeah because yeah. Stu was Stu was talking about with REITs it can kind of tie into buying up investment properties for like, like residents but it really could help for a business, right? So there's so many different lanes to go with that. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how, like, even you take, so a lot of this is focused. I mean, we, we naturally think just real estate and stocks initially as investment, but, like, I think a whole nother topic is investing in business, right? Like acquiring What would that look like? That's just something that we haven't even touched on yet. But I think it's going to, we can open a door for something. The more we learn, the more we do this, we open these doors, you know, like, yeah, shit, we're going to, I need to learn, you need to, we all need to learn about it. Yeah. So I feel like our process, our process has been as we learn, we let others learn with us. But people who already know, they want to come to be a part. Yeah, yeah some of them are looking to add people to their move, movements or get deals and shit, but it's not like this nefarious. Yeah. They look to make money. Yeah. I mean, that's natural. I mean, the thing is, it's just that uh, I think it's just a safe place for it. That's the most important thing. Because people naturally get fearful whenever there's financial transactions. And uh, just, we got to make sure it stays safe so these conversations can't happen. Can't happen. Absolutely. So I got it recorded. So it was recording the whole time. For some reason, I wasn't seeing the little red dot. I got nervous. I like the. I was like, "Oh shit, this is too good." I started recording from Stu jumped on. It just, I mean, it just it recorded off the default. So. Oh, from our thirty minutes ahead. Cool, cool, cool. cool. All that too. So I need to sit down and listen to this and take notes and you know organize it. But we we need to chop it up with Brandon Weber as well. We need to talk about we need to you know there's so bro there's so many business opportunity. Let us get it fucking check. Come on. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a heavy hitter too. You know, Stu is as well. Wealth of knowledge and can't imagine what their bank accounts look like. <laughs> like crazy. Yeah. I know. But you can never tell just from the outside looking in. Just give me a couple crumbs. That's all. Give me some nuggets. <laughs> Let me get a couple points. So I can we can go ahead and invest with our brokerage. I mean, I mean I may not be able to do it myself, but my black coffee got as you know, we're mighty, a mighty little pillar we done built up here. hmm Yeah. Central wide spectrum. Yeah, I'm glad people joined the call and they was able to get some of the questions answered. I like Lynn, I like your idea of uh getting the question before. Just so that way we can have them ready to go. Yeah, and I think that will kind of prevent people from getting too down in the weeds, right? Just kind of keep it surface level. Uh, mm-hmm. 
think this is a good place to go down to weeds. We're going to lose so many people. Um, that's, that's when we start holding uh, the, the uh, conferences. Yeah. One person or the small groups. Right. We're down into the weeds and kind of play hypotheticals. <laughs> good stuff, man. Good, good stuff. But we're learning, though. That's, 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 that's what I love the most is that we're like just continuing to learn throughout this whole process of how to run these meetings, how to make it better. We're not just trying to keep the same format over and over. We're trying to really kind of dig deep to figure out how to really reach them. Mm hmm. Well, I, I can tell you this, bro. I don't think anybody else in our space is operating the on from the virtual environment that we are you know i see that they've tried they do maybe get it may get a lot of people to attend like they do a concert at their coffee shop or some shit but like we have some serious deep virtual engagement like conversations and people carrying on from previous conversations and different groups sharing information and this may truly truly be the hybrid model on how society moves the culture, I mean, the culture goes forward. Like we're seeing quarantine, right, at home, people on the computer. We're thinking about now having a homecoming that's gonna be virtual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I said, like I thought we've always been on the, the tipping edge of like, of the trend. Uh, whether it's launching a business, doing the virtual things, that's just because of the nature of our business, right? And our, where we're physically located, that we're, right. we're really good at this, having these conversations virtually and all of the formats that I've seen, the financial classes is always just a one way. There's no true in community engagement. And I feel like that is where the power is at. It's not just mm -hmm. you have all this information and you speak it to people. That's just a classroom setting, right? But the true magic mm -hmm. happens when the community talks across and to the professor, right? And this is what we have. Everybody else has a YouTube channel. It's just a one-way thing. You don't really get that true learning. And I think that's why people are coming back. Even though it was very technical, I think people are still going to come back because it's like they have an opportunity to ask a, a, a question that they have, right? So, mm -hmm. And they're going to hear something they haven't heard of before. It's going to spark their mind. That's everybody just want to be stimulated you know said you know you want to hear kind of makes you think like wow what is that like listen to shannon at the end i had no clue to something she was considering but you know this kind of spoke spoke this conversation spoke to her yeah and right. she knew exactly like i didn't have no knowledge of it but she seems very knowledgeable of it right so it's like, <laughs> I'm guess. like this is crazy so it's like the power of the community now people could look at her as a potential expert you know she may not look at herself as that but she has more knowledge Right. Good call. Uh, and as a comment that you made earlier, you got about that introduction. I feel like it's vital because that's about building community. Who are you? Where are you? What? And give me something about you, right? Yep. And every time we switch that question, it makes them, you know, talk about. You know, you may not remember, but it may carry on. Like, and that's how you truly build community. So, like you said. I like guess the difference between just being a talking head and being, uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a group, a learning group, team. Yeah. 
That's true. That's true. Because at first I was like, we should get rid of this intro. But then I was like, they know who the, who, who's in the community, right? That's the only way right now of kind of getting that out there, right? Imagine like if this is your first call. you like, oh, Black Coffee, they just have a few people in this area. And you're like, Indianapolis, D.C., Georgia. Yeah. Like other places. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, this shit is so eye open. Like it's going to continue to grow. And this is how we source our partners. This is how we build our, you know, saying. We met these me online. Like I, Gino, I guess he met her in person. I mean, we met him in person, but you really meet these people online. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was cool to have Quincy on here, and and kind of kind of show like he's not just all the the controversy and and like Quincy's like I'm I'm I I, I know some stuff too. You know, I'm not just on here you know trolling. You know, I I just felt like it was cool for him uh, to to have his his expertise and, and provide it too without it being snarky or, or whatever. I agree. I, mean, I like the approach that we take. We try not to get to be, we don't ever present ourselves as the expert. Um, we kind of just let the community shine, right? We let Quincy shine, let Stu shine, let TJ shine, like let Shannon shine. That's the point of it to build that confidence. I think it just endears them further to us. Yeah. Essence Fest cancels for 2020. Yeah. That's a good thing, man. What Joy put in the thing, you got to think about ways to monetize this. Like, virtual marketplace, what is that? I don't know what that would look like. I think if it's not us, man, then who?